Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the show. I am so excited that you're here today because today we are in part two of our Working Moms Can Homeschool series. Now, this series was really born out of our Facebook community and really asking, like, is it possible to homeschool? With everything going on in the world, I think it has us all kind of questioning if that is really a viable option for us, because who knows what school is going to look like in the fall after this pandemic. And if you're like me, I've always secretly felt like it was the best thing for my kids, but just didn't know how to execute it. It just felt very overwhelming. Now, if you missed part one of the series, I highly encourage that you go back and listen to my interview with Erin Berry because she is truly a homeschool expert and shared with us so much information about the different types of homeschool, how to get started into it, really answering a lot of those nuts and bolts questions. And the cool thing with Erin is that she has graduated several kids herself and being a homeschool mom. Now, today I'm joined by a fellow working mom, Jen Moore, who has homeschooled all four of her kids. She's currently homeschooling three of them, and one of them has graduated. And it was such a blessing just to sit down with Jen and talk to her mom to mom, answering all of the questions that I had about homeschool and really just learning from the wisdom of her journey so that, you know, we can kind of minimize some of the mistakes that we might have in front of us if you decide that homeschool is right for you. Now, I will warn you, Jen is so amazing to listen to that when I was done with my interview, I was like, we are totally doing this thing. So if you are on the fence with homeschooling, I warn you ahead of time that you might find yourself on the homeschool side of the fence by the end of my conversation with her. Now, I really think you're going to love Jen. She is a Jesus-loving, homeschooling, business-running, book-binging mom living in Cincinnati, Ohio and has so much wisdom to share with us as a mom who has gone before on this journey of homeschooling and balancing her career and everything in between. Now, I do want to remind you that all of the information that we had from last episode and this episode will be in our summer lifestyle guide. Now, our lifestyle guide is kind of like the collection of tips and inspiration for your faith, marriage, parenting, career, home, health, finances, and friends and fun. Now, our summer edition is full of a ton of great resources, including all of this homeschool information, but also some great summer recipes under the health section, ideas to help you pray for and uplift your husband, and so much more. You can check it out inside the Your Life Rocks app. You can click on one of the links in the show description, or you can go right into your app store and just search Your Life Rocks. All right, without further ado, let's get into my interview with Jen. Jen, welcome to the Redefining Balance podcast. I am beyond delighted and excited and just feel so blessed that you're here to have this conversation with us. But before we get too deep into all of the questions that I have for you and the amazing tips that you have to share about your experience as being a working mom that's also homeschooling, share with us a little bit more about who you are. 
Oh my gosh, Jenny, I am so excited to be here too. This is going to be so much fun. Um, I am a mom of four kids and they range in age from my youngest will be 10 next week. And then I have a 14-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 21-year-old. So I have graduated one from my homeschool and I'm still homeschooling three. I also have run businesses the entire time that I've been homeschooling. I started out with a home-based direct selling business. And then about 11 years ago, I started a photography studio where I specialize in photographing babies and motherhood and birth and newborn and all things sweet and lovely about the beginning of your family. Um, And I love that. And I love homeschooling. And so I'm so excited to talk to your audience who is thinking about homeschooling and already has a love for the work that they do. And this is exactly why I wanted you to come on and and share with us kind of what the realities of that look like. Because in the back of my head, I've always thought moms who homeschool, like that's legit all they do. Because I know for me, when I, I work when my kids are at school, <laughs> you know, and there's a little bit of overlap where I'm still working right. in their home, but they have other activities. It's not geared on me guiding it. And so when I heard your story about how successful you've been with homeschooling and, you know, having a job like working, like that's just so inspiring to me to be able to know the ins and outs of really what that looked like. Now, did you always know that you wanted to homeschool or talk to me a little bit on how you kind of made that decision? Well, actually, when I was little. I went to public school and um, as almost everybody did in those days, I feel like it's the, the, you know, good old days of public school. And so my cousins actually were the first ones that I ever met that homeschooled. And I remember thinking, that's kind of weird. What do they do all day? (laughs) (laughs) And then years later, as we had kids, um, we started meeting homeschooling families when our kids were really little. And I was just so intrigued by them that I started looking at information about homeschooling. And my husband did at the same time. And it was just so interesting to us that I kept reading about it. And then we just felt like maybe the Lord is calling us to this for our family. And I remember trying to make the decision and agonizing when my first one was supposed to go to kindergarten. And my husband said to me, well, it's just kindergarten. You can't screw up kindergarten. (laughs) And I thought, oh, I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) But but we dove in and and tried it. And, um, and then we have just never gone back. So I have four now and I homeschool them all. And that's kind of the rest of the story. That's amazing to me. I mean, and it's so funny when you said it's kind of weird because that's, you know, you'd see all these memes and you think homeschool and weird just kind of go hand in hand. But <laughs> I've, I've always seen the benefit for it. I mean, truly, like we have struggled through the years with my oldest son and different teachers and he's very bright and he likes to challenge people. So, you know, parent-teacher conferences were always never pleasant. (laughs) Right. And, you know, and then there's bullies and there's, you know, the curriculum that they teach in public schools that kind of makes me cringe a little bit as a Christian and think, oh, Mm -hmm. should I really be exposing my kids to that? But then you look at the alternative of private school and the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that that costs. And it's just like, oh, that seems out of reach for, for us and such a sacrifice to do. And so families that do make that choice, like, kudos to them, but that just was never really in the cards for us. And so I have always had this little voice in the back of my head saying, you should homeschool. But at the same Mm -hmm. token, it's like, who has the time for that? So how much time, because now your kids are a little bit older. So it's not just kindergarten. You obviously didn't mess it up because 
like graduated <laughs> one. Right. So, and she can uh, read and, and everything. She, and she can read. And I'm sure she like, you know, knows other stuff. Yes. Um, so what does that look like from like a time commitment? Do you think from like elementary school, middle school, high school? Because it all seems very different. It is really different. But I think that um, parents are especially afraid of high school, I think, (laughs) because it seems like such a huge deal. And, you know, who knows biology and chemistry and physics and algebra too well enough to teach it. It's kind of intimidating (laughs) to think about. And so I think even veteran homeschooling parents sometimes think, oh my gosh, like when it comes to high school, but that is a whole nother conversation. But I would just say, they're more alike at the different stages than you think. And one stage can lead into another. Now, of course, if you're jumping in, in the middle, then you're just going to jump in where you are and start there with what your kids need at that time and just kind of get your feet wet and go from there. I would say time-wise, homeschooling can be anything that you want it to be. It's what you make it. Is also your own style of homeschooling. And I think it's really important, especially as a working mom, I have had to really be intentional about working my homeschool and my business in my case. But if you had a job, I guess your job around each other and really carving out time for the things that are important. So it's all the same things that we hear in work and business are so important. It's just even more crucial when you're adding homeschooling into the mix because you want to make sure that you're getting done what's important in your homeschool and what's important in your business. And I I love that you said it it is what you make it because I think so many times, you know, we're, we're used to just following the rules and like, this is what's laid in front of us. And so we just have to step one, step two, step three, go through the process. And to me, that's what seems a little overwhelming is that it can be anything. But, you know, the more I've been praying about this and talking to other moms that do homeschool, I've come across women who who homeschool, but they have like a nanny that kind of executes it while they're at work or Mm -hmm. that they go to daycare for like social aspect type of a thing. And then they do homeschool just a couple hours in the evening when when they're home. And I think that that's what is so empowering about the idea of homeschool is that you really have that flexibility to make it work for your lifestyle and for your own schedule. Absolutely. I think there are as many ways to homeschool as families who do it. And with my family, we've homeschooled like 20 different ways. <laughs> you know, we, we change the schedule every year because I have to work it around the things that are also important to us besides just school. Also, homeschooling is really efficient. So if you're thinking that you need to spend eight hours a day homeschooling your kids, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you could if you wanted to, I guess, but think about all the time that it takes to do something in a group and how large the groups are at school and how much they're transitioning from one thing to another. They're moving classes. They have to have lunch. They have to have breaks. They might have study hall. They, in younger grades, might have recess. And all of those things take time away from just doing coursework. And so that in and of itself makes it more efficient to teach your kids at home. And then also you don't have 30 kids. So it's not going to be that you have to make sure every one of those 30 kids understands it before you can move on. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How much do you use technology? And I understand there's like a bunch of different curriculum out there. Mm -hmm. Like how much of it is just your kids kind of going through the process once you've set it up versus you sitting down and like next to them and like truly teaching? 
So what has worked best for our family? I think I said I've tried a lot of things throughout the years, and there are lots of different styles of homeschooling. Homeschooling looks really different than school a lot of times, but it can look similar. There's one style of school that would be like school at home. So it would be you buy textbooks or you're doing a virtual school online and you're just setting it up for your kids and then they're doing it. That's what most people have been doing during this pandemic. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's yeah. just school at home. It's not really homeschooling because you're not really setting the curriculum, but it is homeschooling because they're schooling in your home. And when you're homeschooling, you can do it via virtual academy where it's actually public school run and paid for, and then you can do it at home, or you can buy computer programs or online access to programs that do that at home, or you could buy textbooks and just do it on home or on video or anything like that. There are also lots of different styles that are vastly different from that. And my family, over the years, we have found a style that works the best for us, which is called the Charlotte Mason style of homeschooling. And to give you kind of a brief idea of that, Charlotte Mason is the name of the person who invented it. (laughs) She was an educator in England in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And she had a lot of different ideas about how kids learn and what education really is. And I remember when I was very first looking into homeschooling, okay, full disclaimer, like I'm a research nerd to the max and I am a voracious reader. And so you do not need to do all of this, but this is how I, this is how I investigated homeschooling. I grabbed a bunch of books that I could get my hands on and I read. And when I came across her writings, I was just so intrigued because I thought, oh my goodness, this is what I want for my home and for my family. I I didn't even know what I wanted for school because at that time my kids were really really little and I wasn't even doing school, but I really thought just some of the things she talked about were amazing in terms of what I wanted for my family. And so our homeschool in a nutshell, Charlotte Mason is a lot of things and I could talk about it all day long, but one thing that I will say is that we one cornerstone of our homeschool is that we use a lot of real books. So like literature and nonfiction, as opposed to textbooks with units, and then you study it and do the study guide and take the test. I use a lot of literature in my homeschool and a lot of real books that people have written on topics. And then we do a lot of discussion and a lot of writing around those things. And so that is a little more time intensive on me than what maybe sitting them in front of the computer would be, although not necessarily because my experience with when I have done something else is that every method takes time. And a lot of times when I did try some more traditional based things, they were having questions from the text or questions from the lesson for me throughout the day. And I wasn't necessarily able to answer those because I wasn't sitting right there with them teaching. So the way it has worked in our family is that I block off a block of time where I am homeschooling and that's what I'm doing. And usually that's two to three hours kind of in the morning. Usually we're pretty flexible. When I say this, I'm 
please understand, there is no typical day in the Moore family household. <laughs> we, we flex a lot and some people are very structured and that works for them. And I wish that I was like that, but we have just had to be flexible over the years because it seems to me like things just change in our lives constantly. And so I would say if we do have a typical week, it is that I would homeschool for about two to three hours of my time and typically keep that in the morning or up through lunchtime. And during that time, I'm available to my kids and I have a wide range of ages. So we start out together in the morning and we usually do things like read the Bible or read from a read aloud. Even my older kids still like me to read classic literature to them and, and discuss it, um, which has been really fun. Or sometimes we play a game or do something like that together. And then my older boys will kind of peel off at that point and do what I have listed for them, um, which is usually all of their subjects and a list of things that they need to get done chapters that they need to read or things they need to write or math lessons. I do use a textbook for math that's pretty traditional. And so they are just going through that. And then I spend the majority of time with my third grader, who's now a fourth grader. I was just trying to think about that. Third grade, fourth grade. Homeschooling, when you homeschool a long time, you won't know what grade your kids are in. (laughs) I cannot answer. That's the hardest question. What grade are your kids in? Anyway, so um, I spend a lot of time with her going through her lessons and I do sit with her and I make sure that she's on the right track. And then if she seems to be, then we move on and I give her independent work for later when I'm not as available. But I just want to make sure that she knows what she's supposed to be doing ahead of time. And then I usually somewhere in there have more of a conference style with my older boys where they come to me and I say, okay, what you doing? And then they will look and show me and ask questions and rework writing and things like that at that point. And I'll just spend maybe 20 minutes, half an hour with them. And then they're on their way to keep going. They also do take other classes besides what I'm covering with them because we go to a co-op. And so they have taken biology or chemistry or things like that at the co-op. And so they have homework for other people besides just me. So they're supposed to be managing that all kind of balancing everything, my work and their outside classwork. And then my 17-year-old will start college classes in the fall. And so he'll have to work that in to alongside work and stuff. So those conferences just make sure that they're still on the same page as I am with what they're supposed to be doing and they're able to move on. And then that way I can know when I'm done that I'm done pretty much for the day with school and I can move on to work in the afternoon. The thing I love about everything that you just shared, Jen, is it really sounds like you're almost kind of like doubling up in the fact that you are doing homeschool, but you're also doing things that are bonding with your kids, spending time with your kids, where as you know, people who are traditionally working, you know, in an office and they leave for the day and they come home in the evening, they I know for at least me, I often crave that time with my kids, but without a purpose or a structure doesn't always happen. And then I feel guilty. And then, you know, the whole cycle continues. But I feel like when you're making the effort to homeschool, you're having that quality bonding time with your kids. Do you find that? Or do you find that you're also still craving time away from school with your kids too? I do crave it a little bit, but I would say that's more, you know, family time where we're needing to 
go out and do things or do stuff with my husband there too. <laughs> Obviously he's part of the family. Right, yeah. Um, but I would say that one of the biggest unexpected blessings of homeschooling for us has been exactly what you just said, which is that I have had time with my kids and it goes really fast. And every mom will tell you that it really astounds me that I can sit here and tell you that I have a 21 year old because it really doesn't feel like she should be 21. And within, you know, probably a year or two, she will be out in the world, making her own way in the world. And she'll be, you know, leaving my nest and, and then the rest of them are going to follow her more quickly than I would like. And of course you always have that sense of mom guilt or the things that you didn't do. But really, as I look at it, one of the biggest blessings that has been unexpected for me has been how many fun memories and how close my kids are to each other and to me and to our family. It's just been amazing to me, all of the little things that we, that we share together. Let me be clear. My kids fight. Okay. I'm, good. I'm so glad you said that because I was going to okay. say, okay, let's flip the coin over though, because yep. I'm sure okay. that there are days that you're like, yep, what in the world am I doing? And how yes. fast can I enroll these kids in a school away from me? Or and sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say, yeah, like, uh, yeah, those days are far from rare. Um, my kids fight. We yell at them. We don't always get along. We all have bad attitudes at times and life is for sure definitely far from perfect. So if you're, you know, out there thinking, oh my goodness, this woman's children probably have matching outfits and play in their own string quartet together in perfect harmony, you have the wrong family. That is not my family. <laughs> but I can say this, God has been really, really gracious and by his grace, we all really still like each other. Our kids really, really like each other. And we have so many inside jokes and fun memories and family quotes. And it turns out that spending time together made us really bond, I guess, um, far beyond whatever I expected. I always knew I wanted to have a close family, but I didn't necessarily start out seeing homeschooling as a vehicle for that. But I really do think that as my kids grow up, they will have so many memories of spending those days together. And I'm hoping that it will just leave a legacy where generations of my family will be close because we spent all that time together. Mm, I love that. Now, talk to me about social stuff, because mm -hmm. this is my fear, right, is that we will become like hermits because I work from home <laughs> um, right. full time and I go to the office just a couple of days a week. But, you know, if they're not leaving the house and I'm usually just working from home, like how do you balance that with social time? I know you said something about a co-op, but like what other things do you do to make sure that they don't turn out weird? <laughs> well, first of all, my kids are delightfully weird. <laughs> as, I appreciate that. As I'm sure yours are and everyone yes. else's kids yes. are. And I used to worry a lot more about that than I do now until I started having a lot of my friends talk to me about their kids and their kids' friendships. And some of what's going on out there just isn't good yeah. anyway. It's hard to teach your kids how to have good relationships and how to have healthy friendships, no matter whether they're in school or whether they're in your living room all day. I really think that that was a new thought for me, was that it's hard all around and the grass isn't really greener. But what I will tell you is that 
my kids do a lot of activities outside of our home. And so they have had many, many opportunities to form friendships outside there. My, my daughter, uh, my oldest did horseback riding in 4-H for a long time and she did dance and she's done theater. My son has done theater. Both my boys play soccer. I have one son that works at Chick-fil-A for like 20 hours a week and is on a huge team there and loves the people and they love him. And that is actually really kind of a fun thing is to hear from other people how much they love your kid. I mean, when you send them out into the world, you're always worried, or at least I am like, yes. oh, what are they going to do? Yes. <laughs> and then to have them say, oh, we love Luke. He's great. is just and you're awesome. like, Woo. <laughs> I'm like, yay. <laughs> I didn't yay. completely mess him up. <laughs> exactly. And so um, I would say that my kids have as many activities as what I want them to have. Sometimes it feels like too much. In fact, we just do our school day at home. And yeah, we have been involved in a co-op and that's been really fun, but you don't have to be involved in a co-op per se just to have socialization. I think that there's people to be met all over the world and (laughs) all over your community. And a lot of times, you know, after school, they can run out in the yard and see the kids that live around here. And we found other homeschooled kids that come and play and do things. And we have playdates during the day, which we couldn't do if they were in school. So it has all worked out. So let me ask you this question regarding, you know, just kind of like the normalcy. And this is where I, I really struggle with homeschooling is I can see all of the the benefits, all of the pros. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I have my oldest is going into high school next year. And, you know, mm-hmm. so then I think about things like prom and football games. And yes, you know, there's all these like rites of passage for high school, which, you know, quite frankly, some of them, I'm like, I don't want you to have to worry about the social pressures or, or all of the other things that come with that. But I do kind of mourn a little bit the fact that if we we do move forward with homeschooling, which we're like 98% sure that we want to next year. Am I taking that experience away from him? And being that you have kids that are kind of in this stage now, you've graduated someone, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on, on those kind of milestones. So first of all, I can totally relate to you. Funny enough, my first experience of like really feeling like I was causing my kid to miss out on something by homeschooling was when she was in kindergarten, my very first year of homeschooling. I think I cried every day for a month when the school bus went by. Uh And I just thought, gosh, like she's not going to have that experience of like packing her little lunch and getting on the bus and me taking her picture of her going on the bus. (laughs) And I really felt that deeply. I remember feeling, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And is she going to miss things? And it's been amazing to me how different her experience has been from mine growing up because I went, I did all those things. I told you I went to traditional school. I went to public school all the way through and I had a great experience there. So I have nothing to complain about, but, but yeah, all of the things that I saw as milestones that she didn't do, it was really I don't know. Interesting to me. I think I felt it more than she did, actually. But that being said, in my area, we have a homeschool citywide football team and there's Friday night football. If you want to go to Friday night football, you can go. If you want to be a cheerleader, you can be a cheerleader. They're all really close and they do things outside just like you would if you were a high school football team. 
my boys play on a high school soccer team and we play other high schools. So it's regular games and you're sitting in the stadium cheering your kid on. We have a citywide homeschool prom. So my kids have not wanted to go to that, but something that I am glad that we have because of exactly what you're talking about. If a kid was feeling like they were missing out, then maybe that would be something that would really appeal to them. So there are a lot of substitutes for things and we have done, our co-op does graduation together. If you want to do a graduation with your other, you know, friends or, and some families do it by themselves, but we do it all together. And it's just the coolest graduation because every family gets up and talks to their kid and gives them their diploma. And it's just, there's not a dry eye. It's unbelievable. So those kind of things have been a trade-off for us. Definitely, like, I don't want you to think that, oh my gosh, you can do everything that you can do in school, you can do in homeschool, and it's just as even and equal, and it's just equivalent and everything. It's not. It's different, but my kids have had a great experience, and one thing I was really worried about was I was really involved in music in high school and theater and choir, And I was so sad that they weren't going to get to do that. And that was an assumption on my part that they weren't. In fact, we have an awesome community theater that's all middle school and high school and college age kids. And they got involved with that. My daughter interned there for four years and heavily involved in that. And it was just an awesome experience, like the most awesome experience. And because it doesn't end when you graduate, all of my kids were able to participate and they'll be able to participate for a long time to come. And I think that that's one of the things that is going to be probably one of the biggest adjustments for us that I'm actually looking forward to is having a bigger community. Because I feel like, you know, when you, when the kids go to like school and you go to work and then you're just kind of like going through the motions almost, you know, day in and day out and trying to just survive and get things through. But the more I've talked to people who are homeschool, you really do get to have more selection about the things that interest you or the things that interest your kids. And you have a little bit more margin to really explore those things. And in that, creating that community and meeting other people and allowing your kids to be exposed to other people as well, I think seems like such a great gift. Absolutely. I think it's been awesome for us. It it has occurred to me several times that My kids have friends in a different way than they would if they were in school, but it has been so awesome because one of the things that I've noticed is that my kids are friends as a family with another family oftentimes. And so even my, you know, 14-year-old will hang out and play video games with my 17-year-old and, you know, a 16-year-old and a 19-year-old and a 14 year old, (laughs) you know, so they don't see it as, well, this friend is in your class. So they're your friend. And this friend is my friend. And we don't do stuff together because that's not cool. (laughs) All that kind of stuff. And so it's been really fun because we've gotten to know other families as a family. And then all the kids play together and I'm friends with the mom and my husband's friends with the dad and, and we can go do things. It's been awesome. Mm, That's incredible. Well, Jen, I love having this conversation with you. The more I talk to moms that homeschool and work and make it all happen, like the more I'm convinced that that little nudge of the Holy Spirit like is Mm. is pushing in the right direction. And so I just don't want to thank you for being so transparent and asking, answering all the crazy questions that, that I've been asking. But I know you also have some tips. And this is where I feel like it's such a blessing to have 
other women who have gone before us in this journey of homeschooling to be able to kind of glean from some of the wisdom that you've found in your journey and along the way. So share with us kind of what those five tips would be for a new homeschooling mom. Okay, sure. My first one has to do with, I am a big picture person and I need to know why I'm doing something in order to be able to keep doing it. Like the purpose is really a driving factor for me. And so I would say my first tip is to know your why and keep it right in front of you all the time. I really felt the same thing when you're talking about that little nudge of the Holy Spirit. That is what I felt when it came to homeschooling. And I thought, God is calling me to do this. And yet one of the biggest struggles has been to just lean into that and say, God called me and he's going to equip me to do this for my family and I'm not doing it wrong. The why I do this because I wanted my kids to love learning and to not just see it as something that you do and then you put away at three o'clock and don't move on with, you know, go move on with life. And I don't like to read and I don't want to learn stuff. That was one of the major reasons why. Also, I really wanted to be able to raise my kids knowing the Bible and knowing the Lord and knowing what we believe and why we believe it and ultimately hoping and praying that they would come to you know their own faith in their Amen. own way. But that was a primary part for me. And having them home has really been a way to do that. But it's only when I remember, oh gosh, this is why I'm doing this. And so it's not, oh, we need to skip our Bible time repeatedly, or we need to, you know, we need to just move on with lessons and not have this fight right now. Sometimes the heart issues the fights, the stuff that happens in your home, sometimes that's your school. Because education, one of the biggest things that I learned from Charlotte Mason principles is education doesn't end with the mind. It is for the whole person. It's for your heart. It's for your soul. It's for your mind. It's for your body. It's for your relationships. And so when we're educating, we're not just pouring knowledge into an empty vessel. We are facilitating a person who is made by God with gifts and talents that are put in them and calling that are put in them by God. And when God calls that child, when God makes that child and, and pours all that into them, we just need to step back and facilitate that. And so sometimes that isn't your schoolwork, sometimes it is the fight with your sibling or the attitude that you've been taking with me lately, or you need to get out and run and move your body. But I think knowing that reason for homeschooling, that I am trying to raise human beings, that I'm trying to raise the whole person and not just a bunch of knowledge, helps me to remember what we're doing matters, even if it doesn't look like traditional school some days or some hours of the day or whatever. So knowing your why and keeping that in front of you is a really, really important piece of helping you stay where you need to be in your homeschooling, in my opinion. 
That was um, amazing. Everything you just shared. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> I want to so, homeschool for sure now. Awesome. But you can call me, you can call me later in six months. You'll be like, you talked me into this. Why Jen, am I doing this? Fault. Come on. <laughs> okay. And then tip number two, I would say would be um, to just give yourself a lot of grace. This is a mom tip, but it definitely applies to homeschool. Things are always going to look different than you first plan, and that isn't a failure. And remember when it is, that failure is just an opportunity to learn. I have blown it so many times. I mean, I could tell you story after story. Okay, literally, let me just say this. One time, first day of school, I set out like baskets. I was like a Pinterest addict at the time, and I set out all these baskets of cute little back to school baskets with all stuff in them. And <laughs> we had new pencils and we had new curriculum and we had new everything. And we sat down at the table and I, like my little homeschool mommy, I was like, I'm going to pray for our school year. And we did that. And then I'm not even kidding you, within five minutes, we had a new handwriting curriculum. So this was when my kids were little and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And the the curriculum appealed to me because literally it was called handwriting without tears. And I thought, awesome. Okay. I'm in within five minutes. I had three crying children. (laughs) I am not even kidding you. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is really not going well. I might be the worst homeschool mom ever. So, so you just need to understand that grace is totally required for yourself first and then for your kids and patience. And I'm just now learning how recently, how very patient God must be to be patient with me all day long, even though I continually blow it and lose my temper and have a bad attitude and complain and all of the things that I do. And yet he has forgiven me and is patient with me again and again and again. And I only hope that I can be a fraction of that with myself and with my kids. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. So then let's see. Tip number three that I wrote down is let go of your self-imposed rules of what homeschooling or life has to look like in your perfectionism. If you're like me, you will read a lot about how to homeschool and about different styles of homeschooling and different curriculums. And I remember when I bought my first curriculum that was prepackaged and it had this huge teacher's manual with all these check boxes. And I thought, yes, this is going to be so great. This is just going to be so wonderful. And about five weeks into it, I thought, I, this is burying me. I just, I'm so overwhelmed by this. I just feel like I can't do it. And I cried and I was so upset. And my husband said, it's just a curriculum. You can change it. (laughs) I thought, what? Wisdom? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? He said, well, it's supposed to be a tool for you. And if the tool is beating you over the head, then that's not a good tool. And you need to change what you're doing because you're not happy and that means the kids aren't going to be happy. And, and while it's not about me being happy and comfortable all the time, I do think there are things that fit and things that don't. And there's not a right and a wrong way to homeschool your kids any more than there is a right way to teach your kid to talk or to teach them to walk. Every person does that different and yet we all learn how to talk and we all learn how to walk. It's going to be okay. And so 
there's not rules. It doesn't have to look like what your schooling looked like growing up or what your, you know, best friend who's a teacher says it has to look like or what your curriculum manual says it has to look like. There's just not a perfect homeschool. And, you know, as far as I can tell, being willing to be flexible and adjust is a really, really necessary and good thing. Mm, That's so good wisdom for life, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think I'm going to have to remind myself of that one a little bit down the road. All right. It's amazing how hard on ourselves we moms can be, isn't it? Isn't it? Definitely. Yes. All right. So what's number four? What's the fourth tip you have for us? Not to compare yourself. God made you so unique as well as every one of your kids, your marriage, your individual family. And I had to learn to go to him to set my agenda and not to social media or Pinterest because I have so many great friends and they're so talented. I have one mom that does birthday parties that just would make you, I mean, your eyes would pop out of your head if you saw what she does. They're all themed and they're so cute and they're so wonderful. And I was going to social media and I was seeing one mom with a perfect house and one mom with overachieving kids in this area or that area. And then these neat things that they were doing and other moms baking things. And I was seeing all of them and somehow they all got added to my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And then I felt guilty that I wasn't doing them all. And I thought, you know what? These were not put on my to-do list by God. They were put there by me because I was looking at everyone else. And if I look at everyone else, I'm going to miss what God has for me and for my family and the role that he has us to play. And, and so I think really that has been the biggest struggle over the years has been just comparing myself and feeling like I'm not doing enough. And so I would say that would be something that is really important in homeschooling and in mom, mom life in general, let's say. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Now, what about this fifth one? Because this is the one, as I'm looking at the tips that you had sent over, that I feel like I said before, I'm most excited about, but I also have the most amount of questions on. It was find a community where you can be encouraged because nobody can do this alone. Nobody can do business or life or faith or momhood or marriage by themselves. We just weren't created to do it by ourselves. Amen. Now, so I know that I was going to ask all these questions and then you're going to share your tips, but I have another question for you. So when it comes to finding the community, how easy was that for you? Like, did you just kind of tap in, you did a quick Google search or whatever, and you found a community and that was it? Or what does that look like? Because I've searched through some Facebook groups and, you know, looked a little bit online, but you know, it it feels a little overwhelming to try to find a community. I think it is really overwhelming, especially (laughs) with, you know, when I started homeschooling, I'm going to, I'm going to show how old when I started homeschooling, there wasn't Facebook groups. (laughs) You could go out and search it up. There were blogs, but that was about it. And um, I think that it is a little bit overwhelming because now you can find homeschooling groups for homeschool moms who work and bake their own bread. (laughs) Exactly. You You know, it's it's super, super niche. And so um, on one hand, that's a really good thing. (laughs) On the other hand, it's a really overwhelming thing. I would say um, if you have homeschooling friends, just start there. And if not, then maybe start where you are. You reached out like in a Facebook group that we have in common that doesn't have anything to do with homeschooling and said, hey, are there any homeschool moms in here? And usually I find that when moms are doing things that other moms have done or do and that they like, those other moms are really willing to jump in and help and say, oh yeah, I do that. I would love to share ideas with you. So you could just start there. Um, There are some formalized kind of 
groups where you could look up in your city homeschool support group and you'll probably find five or six different choices that you can go visit if you want to do an in-person thing. Or my co-op has been a huge source of support because we have over a hundred moms there every week and we're, yes, we're teaching each other's kids and we're teaching classes, but we all have time off too. And so there's been a lot of time to ask questions of moms that have kids that are a little older than mine or um, just my, you know, my peers and my kids, friends, moms and things like that. So I would just say reach out and if something doesn't fit, that's okay. Just keep moving on (laughs) until you find a, a community. And you really only need a couple of people. It's not like you have to add homeschool community involvement to your list. You really only just need a few people that you can kind of do life with and get encouragement from. That's really where my passion is, is just encouraging other moms because it's not easy to do mom life or homeschooling or any of this by yourself. Oh, I so appreciate everything that you shared. I mean, I think these five tips are gold and all of the answers to the questions that you provided. I mean, it just, it helps so much because it is a hard decision and there is a lot of back and forth. And just like, you know, you cried and grieved over the fact that your daughter wasn't going to ride the school bus. It's kind of how I feel a little bit with some of the things. But then I also think about all of the great benefits that come from it. It's a lot of back and forth. And so the more information and inspiration I think that we, everyone who is looking at homeschooling can gather from those who have gone before us is such a treasure. So I just want to thank you so incredible, so incredibly much. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> if that's right um, <laughs> English there, but um, I'm just so grateful now. And I know that God's been kind of leading you in a direction of helping other women. Um, mm-hmm. So share with us a little bit of what that looks like for you right now. So this is a huge leap of faith for me. <laughs> um, something that I have had in the back of my mind and my heart for a long time, but just never really took too much action on. I would really, really like to find a way to encourage other moms who are maybe homeschooling and running a business like I am or homeschooling and working because I do think that that combination offers some unique challenges and and also some, frankly, some unique benefits or blessings for your family. And so through this whole pandemic, I'm a busy photographer and I don't have very much time in my regular life. But when my business was shut down, I sort of started asking, okay, Lord, is now the time for me to do something? And then there's been, you know, some opportunities here and there to kind of talk with other moms like I'm doing with you or speak words of encouragement and to other moms because everybody suddenly was homeschooling, which was totally unexpected for me and just really foreign and new um, to have people understand what I'm trying to go through, balancing work and, and homeschooling. So, so yeah, I am starting something. It is going to be a community to encourage moms. And it's going to be, I envision it and hope that it will be a very grace-filled place where We can all just come together in our imperfect lives and not have any guilt or pressure, but just a place of grace and purpose and help encourage each other in what God has called each of us to do in our own ways. So stay tuned for that. Beautiful. I love it. Well, and we are going to link to that in the show description on our show notes page because you know, I, I know I'm not alone. I mean, the whole reason why we are doing this two-part series and kind of rearranging our production schedule for the podcast is because this is a hot topic in our Facebook community. And there's a lot of women looking for direction. And, and with that, I think 
you know, you can start to pick a direction, but like you said, you got to have the grace and you got to have the, the people around you that can encourage you and, and remind you that it's okay to move things around and adjust. As yeah, you exactly. So I yeah, just, well, I would love for anyone of your, of your members of your community to reach out to me um, if they need anything or any support or any encouragement. And I'd love you to, you know, contact me and stay around to see what this is going to become. I really um, have a sense that God's going to do something really cool. And I don't know exactly what it looks like, which is kind of an exciting place to be and kind of scary place to be. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but I'm just going to trust that if I jump in, something good will happen. <laughs> um, well, thank you for jumping and for serving women like me. So thank you so much. And, and like I said, we'll be linking to your community and all of the things your life rocks so people can connect with you. I know I will be in there for sure. And Jen, I just want to thank you again for coming on the show. It was so amazing chatting with you. Oh my gosh, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so great. And I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And there you go. So did you find yourself now on the homeschool side of the fence? It's totally okay if you feel like that is not where God is leading you. But if you do feel like maybe this is for you, I encourage you to check out all of the action steps that Erin Berry walked us through. And you can find those inside the Summer Lifestyle Guide in the Your Life Rocks app. And if you have questions that, you know, maybe we didn't cover over these last two episodes, I highly encourage that you reach out to either Erin or Jen or post them inside the Your Life Rocks community. Together, we can support each other through this transition, share wisdom, and make the best decision ultimately that is for our family. Now, next week, we're going to be starting into our summer challenge series. Now, if you don't like the word challenge, bear with me. Let me tell you a little bit of what this is going to be about. This is our third year doing our summer challenge. And this challenge is really more of like a mom summer camp. Every single week, there'll be different fun activities for you to do, things that will take you deeper in your faith, help you connect more with the people around you, and so much more. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, make sure you do so you don't miss any of the seven weeks that we have coming up for you. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.